on today's episode of the Law of Tech podcast. No, but like what is... Uh, what I was also excited about doing this project that I think when people think of legal design they usually think of visualization that's only part of it but also they think about like access to justice and making law more accessible to people that don't have a legal background and that is major that is really important that's where we can really make a difference episode um, hosted by Betty Blocks. We're also at the Betty Blocks headquarters in Alkmaar. Um, we'll be talking all things legal design and how that impacts uh, the innovation landscape in the legal industry. But before we delve deeper into the topic of this episode, a quick word from our sponsor, Betty Blocks. Are you looking for a way to create solutions that will make legal processes faster, easier and more efficient? Do you want to offer the best client experience with great digital services? Well, look no further than our sponsor for this episode, BettyBlocks. Rapidly build custom legal tech applications such as legal intake portals, ESG assessments without a single line of code. Start building your own solutions today with BettyBlocks. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, so much. Thank you for, for, for being here, for being at BettyBlocks. It's great to see you guys. Oh, definitely. We're all super happy to bring you to BettyBlocks to <laughs> show you what we've been seeing all uh, all week. Um, maybe just to kick off, like, do you give us a little intro about yourself, where you sure. started, where you're now, and just go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Anna. I um, am. I'm a legal designer. Um, I started um, my business at Clara Legal Design back in 2019, so quite a few, or 2018, quite some years ago already. And um, uh, I used to practice law at uh, law firms. Um, I would like I was always going to say at traditional law firms. Most law firms are still traditional, actually, um, but I've always been a maker. So I consider myself a maker. I like exploring things. I like I'm curious. I always like to ask the why questions and like, why do we do it like this? Can it be improved? Maybe not. Maybe we can. Um, and I like to try out new things and have um, almost unlimited curiosity about everything. Um, and I guess that. That's what made me explore an alternative career path as well. We're super excited about alternative legal careers at the Law of Tech. Uh, it's something we want to explore more. We want to uh, kind of indicate to those well, first students yeah. um, what the importance is of looking beyond the traditional legal uh, landscape. So you started also in, in legal practice, but what else is there? We oftentimes don't really learn about that at all. No. Um, maybe to start with that topic. Yeah. What was it like for you to work in a traditional law firm um, with this mindset? And how's that experience been? How did you kind of shift from thinking like this is, you know, where I want to be to I want to just start something myself. I want to do this yeah. myself and start this uh, design. Mm, I think I expected myself to work at law firms for like long time. I mean, I did it for 10 years, so it was not like a brief experiment. Oh. Um, but um, 
Um, I liked working as a lawyer. There were like I liked building relationships with clients. I liked the um, dynamic environment that always sounds cheesy to call like law firms dynamic, but um, it's true. Um, and I really liked. Um, the nitty-gritty work of fact-finding. I worked in litigation, okay. so it was very important. Um, and um, um, But in general, at law firms, there's so many other things that you need to be able to do or, how, or navigate. <laughs> um, and, um, well, being curious and thinking about the why, it was like, like why would, do we do this this way? And someone would say, like, it's just how it's done, or like we've always done it this way. And I was like, that's like a very strange answer to me because, like, we used to rent um, uh, VHS tapes when we wanted True. to watch a movie. Like, that was normal. We don't do that anymore. So, just because that's something we have always done is never a good reason to me. Um, so, of course, when you're trained as a lawyer at a law firm you like you know absolutely nothing at first and you are very <laughs> aware of that mm-hmm. um, um, but after like a couple of years I was looking for like what's my position within this team and I changed jobs a couple of times and and but the dynamics were kind of similar at every place that I worked with uh, at um, and the last law firm I worked at before I started this business, um, I actually at some point asked the partners if one of my colleagues and I could start um, the firm's innovation committee. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "So, what do you want? To, what do you want to innovate? Like, what are you going to spend time on?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, we're like this is our proposal to be the innovation committee to spend time on researching what we could innovate." for this firm, so we don't have that answer yet. So that was kind of like super confusing to them. Um, In the end, they agreed. Okay. But (laughs) shortly after, I got burned out. out. (laughs) And eventually I left that firm. Um, But um, it was like getting burned out was all, not completely, but it was also a sign of me um, doing my best how to like how to use my skills and the things I was passionate about and the things that I thought needed to be better um, and trying to 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 get others on board and to to yeah to to do that to execute that mm-hmm. um, and to be honest at some point during my work as a lawyer um, you regularly see clients, and I, I worked in litigation, I worked in liability insurance, financial law, so I worked with banks, insurers, like corporates, like I would just say, like like big big money. Yeah. Um, but there are always a lot of emotions involved in litigation, um, and sometimes I was I wasn't sure if me as their lawyer or like our firm as their lawyer um, if we were part of the problem or the solution to the client for, for the client what do you um, mean well like a client comes to you with a, with a problem mm-hmm. like, like some kind of dispute if you work in litigation of yeah. course um, and um, 
when you get to the stage when you're in litigation, like it's expensive, it's time consuming. And some people, especially if they have like a little bit more like a personal interest in the matter, it's emotionally draining. Um, and if you are, for, for example, not great at communicating legal content, one of my pet peeves um, uh, um, that I saw with, uh, I like to think that I was good at that, but well, I'm you like... You learn and you realize that it wasn't you, you, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And you need to be empathetic and you, but yeah. you need to do, do your best. So sometimes I was like, like we're, we're giving this client a headache with the kind of stuff we're producing for them, even though we're trying to help them yeah. with the best intentions. So, um, Difficult. yeah, <laughs> and I already, um, like when it comes to communicating legal content, um, I was already doing that visually. I think I can, as I can recall, I started doing that in, back in 2012. Um, first, just for myself. Yeah. yeah, because when you're dealing with a lot of complicated information, you need some kind of overview. And I realized, like, now I made this drawing, like I, I made this flow chart or whatever, or org chart, or, mm-hmm. um, and then once I feel like I figured this out, you, will, you go back to your keyboard and you start typing everything in. I don't type like this, by the way, but the two <laughs> fingers, but... <laughs> um, and, you, and you type everything in and you send it to someone else and that person is going to have the same struggle. And you, you try to be clear, but it sometimes is limiting just mm-hmm. using text. So we started making visualizations and that kind of escalated. So at some point I was just making... Yeah, escalated in a good way. Um, I, 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 I realized I need to make them digital instead of hand-drawn because it looks more professional. And uh, so I experimented a lot. And at, at, at some point I made visualizations for like in like every case that I did and also mm-hmm. for colleagues in their cases that I was not involved in as a lawyer. Um, and when I got burned out, I realized that there are some parts of like the traditional law firm scene that did not align with how I am as a person and how I want to work with clients, um, how I want to help them. Um, And I realized that I was good at doing this visual communication. People liked it. It was really helpful. The courts liked it. Uh, And I was like, and then people would ask me like, will the courts accept this? And I was like, let's just try. We still have text. I mean, uh, so it's, it's like, we have both. Let's just try, and that's like make my philosophy in life. Let's just try and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. What I usually say is like legal design um, is a way to um, look at problems and look at problem solving, um, uh, and that may be like com- the uh, like how people understand the contract or um, how your legal service is delivered, mm-hmm. um, and with. The, like the kind of legal design that I do because I, I, I focus um, uh, I have a strong focus on uh, information design it's about communication and I say when like communication is um, is improved it improves your relationships um, and that's when I go back to um, the am I as a lawyer am I part of my client's problem or solution mm-hmm. um, I now tell lawyers that what happened to me and what I see in other people that in my workshops, in my training that like discover legal design is that when you focus more on your users' needs, your clients' needs, 
when you create more empathy for them, um, it's gonna help you enjoy your job more. Um, because like we're all human beings, mm -hmm. we're all looking for connections, even if it's like a very like a corporate for the professional problem or whatever. But um, you're, I am absolutely convinced you're gonna have more uh, work satisfaction if you care more about your clients. If you understand them better, they will understand you better. Um, the relationship is improved. You will get better results. They are happier with yes, what yes, you deliver. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, as since I experienced myself yeah. uh, as a lawyer, if you want to approach things a bit differently, um, uh, uh, legal design is a way, like working with legal design or with other designers, becoming a legal designer, whatever you want, uh, is a way, I think, also to, to um, yeah, increase your job satisfaction. So that's important to me. I love seeing people have to get that spark. And it's like you see them in the training and suddenly it's like, yeah. like in Dutch, we would say like, the, like where the quarter falls, we say in yeah. Dutch. It's <laughs> like you see like this ping yeah. and then they're like, oh yeah. And then they're suddenly, suddenly they go from like, okay, my clients need a contract. I'll go draft this. And then you see them, it's like, okay. And when exactly do you, and like they have questions for yeah, the client. And then they're like, oh, my client's information is gold. I need that information from them. Like, I really need to know what, what drives them. I think you are trained to gather knowledge um, and make that knowledge where you use that knowledge of the law as a tool to um, resolve people's Mm -hmm. needs or yeah. problems I mean I'm a, uh, because I worked in litigation it's usually there's a problem but of course if you have a client that 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 needs a contract for something doesn't necessarily have to be a problem of course <laughs> it may be just a business opportunity but fantastic we just touched this point isn't it as well yeah. you want to you share well, yeah well yeah we were literally just talking about this when we uh, well, were as we said at the Blocks headquarters, <laughs> yeah. headquarters uh, we just had a discussion with um, Chris Dunn, which is he's the founder uh, and CEO of Betty Blocks, and we were also talking to Chris Williams, who is the, the head of community building here, and we we're having this discussion about, uh, well, misconceptions about innovation in legal. Mm. And one of the things that he noted was, you know, we think in terms of problems a lot of the times, but it, especially from a legal point of view, that you have to solve some sort of problem. Mm. It's not always a problem. Like sometimes there are business opportunities, uh, yeah. uh, achievements or, yeah. that you want to, um, yeah, yeah, that you want to realize. So. Yeah, we're very much links. To yeah, maybe it's the Betty Box error. That's the Betty Box error. No, because before coming here, um, I confess yeah. I wasn't thinking much with that uh, perspective. So to to us, for, especially for me, when I was reading, okay, I need to I need to frame the problem, understand the problem, frame the problem, and then go and iterate to go towards solutions. But the kind of uh, what we discussed and you mentioned now, the fact that people sometimes don't want to talk about their problems, especially professionals, they don't want to talk that we don't have a problem here, I don't need your help. Okay, switch the conversation, what's your goal? And then, yeah. on, from the other perspective, yeah. you don't speak about your problem, but you yeah. still have a goal to achieve, so in other words, you need to find a way you know, to, to go through the, the, the journey, right? So, yeah. thanks Anna for that. Yeah, yeah but that also, that also <laughs> makes me think like, um, when you 
it's really I think it's really important for for lawyers but I, I know you're gonna uh, agree with me 100 percent to look to look outside for of sure. your just legal <laughs> box right yeah, yeah. Um, so to have a different perspective to work with others that uh, have a, a, a different different background uh, have different skill sets and for example um, um, uh, as a designer, even though, like, I, I usually say, like, my main the main product, what I deliver for my clients, mm-hmm. um, is actually two things. Going through the design process mm-hmm. is one of my like services because it's it's a learning opportunity for people to 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 experience a designer's yeah. process, and that's a really new approach. Um, uh, and the second thing is that if you're redesigning a report or infographics that's the other thing that i deliver um and uh so in the past couple of years i'm g- getting back to the point but in the past couple of years um uh, i went i started in graphic design information design, but i now go more towards like learning about UX research, uh, learning about behavioral uh, 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 science, like mm-hmm. the psychology of people. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to make a well-functioning user interface, you have to know how people function, yeah. <laughs> how people think, how they interact with stuff. So, um, and that's fascinating to me. Um, like you said, like people just want to like, um, get to like they want to achieve something like for example if you want to go to a concert um, then I'm, I'm going to a Beyonce concert next month uh, really exciting so <laughs> if you want to go to Beyonce concert yeah you want to um, be at the concert yeah. to experience the music you don't want to get a ticket to get I mean mm-hmm. you need a yeah, ticket yeah, yeah. to get to the concert but like buying the ticket should be very easy because that's not your that's not your goal. It's just a way to yeah. get access to the concert. So I think that's the role of legal as well. You mm-hmm. you you use the law. You use you use legal services to get to another mm-hmm. certain point. So I learn from web design, for example, or UI design to think like that mm-hmm. when approaching legal services. That's also why I prefer. Um, learning new skills from people uh, outside the legal world even though there are people in the legal world um, who teach this and I also I teach legal design skills to others as well Um, but because I've been doing this for a couple of years and I want to keep um, deepening my experience and my and my my knowledge in in design I I look elsewhere and try to figure out how I think um, this knowledge and skills can be implemented mm. in in the legal world because that's where you indeed you learn perhaps even most yeah um, if you already have yeah. a background in a certain field yeah so yeah it's only valuable to interact with others even though it's sometimes hard to get into that uh, that mindset and also to actually understand what other people are saying yeah because sometimes well if you look at law and computer science for instance talk about the same topics a lot of the times but definitions may be completely different yeah way of understanding topics may be completely different so just the communication itself yeah you probably have more experience in that even than, than we do sometimes it's not easy to communicate no uh, no <laughs> it can be very ch- I, see, I see that like if i talk like if you put any designer 
in the same room like and, and the lawyer in the same room they're gonna have a lot of issues communicating about like if you want to do like a simple visualization because they have like they almost speak different languages um and um uh, and also it's it's hard finding a designer who's interested in law <laughs> yeah. um well so i think you need um uh you need people to bridge the, the gap i think that's part of what I do and I would be I think it would be easier for me to get a designer involved in my team to work with my clients yeah. than um, if I wasn't there because uh, I, I know how how the lawyers think but I also understand now how designers think and how they work exactly um, in the middle <laughs> you're kind of the, the, the communicator yeah <laughs> so I can be the communicator yeah yeah really absolutely yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah we've been talking a lot about the things that you are doing. It wouldn't be a good episode without actually hearing some of the examples of things that you've been working on. Finally, I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for sure. so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so tell us some of the, maybe just give some examples of uh, projects that you've been working on, maybe taking some of the things that we've been speaking about, this uh, interdisciplinary collaboration, uh, shift of mindset, um, all, all things that we've, we've spoken about, take them into um, into consideration with giving these examples yeah. what, what did this look like well a couple of things that I do on a regular basis yeah. is um, um, I I help so I help communicating legal content right yeah so uh, for example I recently was involved um, uh, in, in, in in litigation actually um, <laughs> a large law firm asked me to design um, infographics um, in appeal proceedings before court of appeal, and you know when you get to um, appeal proceedings, uh, you've been to uh, district courts before, so a lot has already been been said uh, and done. Um, and if you want to be convincing for the court um, when there's already this much paperwork, you have to come up with something new or something better. It's not like the facts are different, but you need to need a new approach. So we designed a lot of visualizations that explained the details of the case. There were a lot of parties involved. Um, and uh, we ended up creating a set of infographics that were shown uh, during the hearing for the court. So they were submitted as part of the court documents from that party. So that's very like litigation related. Of course, that's also how I used it when I still practice law. But on the other spectrum, I have um, what I regularly do is um, um, design compliance guidelines. Mm -hmm. Like I always say, like no one likes reading compliance no information. Read, yeah. Yeah. Like no one reads it. No, no one wants to read it. But also, it doesn't usually it doesn't really look there's been a lot of like there, there were put in a lot of effort, effort. to make them engaging mm -hmm. it's usually compliance like why do people don't people read it it's very important yes it is important mm -hmm. but people have a lot of stuff to do yeah. and sometimes it's difficult for people to, also to translate that important information to their day-to-day -day job um, so that's where I step in and together we try to com to create something more engaging um, and um, easier uh, something easier to digest um, and um, 
so that's compliance. Um, but also uh, recently, and um, um, I'd be happy to share with you today um, the projects that I did for Walter's Skewer. Mm -hmm. um, so that's completely different. Of course, um, probably everyone knows that Walter's Skewer is a huge uh, publisher here based in the Netherlands, and uh, for the legal landscape here in the Netherlands, they're one of the main publishers. Um, and um, they, one of the things that they uh, publish is uh, um, is called the Green Series or Groene Serie in Dutch, and it's called the Green Series because it used to be in print uh, and the cover were green, and it was so it it had a different name originally. I don't even know what it was, oh, but right. every every lawyer in uh, that works yeah. in civil law knows what the Green Series because is. Because the book is well, you need because it used to be. be like, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I am I'm, I have the age where I actually experienced the print version yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, but it's of course oh, it's mostly. We are sixteen. Now. Oh, sorry, of sorry. course. <laughs> um, so um, of course it's digital now, um, and the green series is really like um, it's been around for fifty years. It's it's sort of like an, uh, an like an encyclopedia of civil law. Like everything is in there. And um, it's article based, so you look up a certain article in law, and then you have like um, uh, scholars, uh, like academia, academia. So it's it's like the most um, uh, acknowledged scholars that write uh, the Green series. And as a practicing lawyer, no matter where you work, it can be a law firm, but of course it can be uh, elsewhere as well. Um, you do your legal research in the green series and um, um, so the green series really is for practicing lawyers um, and uh, whether you have a more like general practice or more specialized practices for everyone just to give you this little bit of background of how it's used of course. Um, and um, so the Holtzkrieger uh, approached me and they said, like, we have this green series, like, everyone uses it. I, I, I was like, yes, I know, I've used it before. <laughs> um, and so it's, a, it's, it's a, like a product that works well yeah. um, uh, uh, and has a lot of value to people. But we are constantly thinking about innovating uh, our, our content. And so they asked me, can we make some kind of infographics? Uh, that um, can be included in the green series to explain specific information. So um, we sat down and like with two professors, I was actually a little bit starstruck because I was like, I've seen their names like in, in every books. textbook yeah. everywhere. Uh, and then suddenly yes. I was on Zoom calls with these professors. <laughs> so it was kind of intimidating, um, but very exciting, of course, yeah. um, to me. And um, um, we ended up um, like first um, what we did first like I had like extensive <laughs> conversations with them about um, like what what they needed and what they thought their users wanted um, I would have loved to do a little bit more user research at that stage but that was not possible mm -hmm. but we did have a lot of metrics and we had uh, information from the professors who were also teachers at university so they spoke to students and students are really valuable because yeah, they are learning. Just, so you, you have matrix from students? 
I have uh, well, we have metrics yeah. of the platform wow. because you have metrics like yeah. what do people look up the most, yeah. like what are their their search yeah. words yeah. and what what are the top, mm -hmm. and you know that the topics that people look up most are the things that people deal with in practice the most yeah. or that are the most confusing to them. <laughs> so we had these metrics. So based on these metrics, we could say like, okay, these are the most important topics. If people look these up the most, those are going to be the most valuable to visualize, right? Mm -hmm. um, and combined with the professor's experience of teaching uh, students, they know the most common questions because they hear them every, years. every year for years. Yes, yes. Um, so that was, that was the basis of, of our research. Um, the initial research and um, during a couple of video calls um, going back and forth um, we like I started making uh, three infographics on three specific topics um, one of them was um, about how how do you start um, civil uh, summons proceedings in the Netherlands and that's a very practical question and some people may, may think like why would you, if you were a lawyer, why would you need to look that up in the green series and also why do you need a visualization? But if you practice like a different area of law mostly and then you are involved in civil law, you, you, it, it's helpful to, to look something up um, and that's made a little bit more accessible. So there was definitely a lot of interest and uh, yeah, also for junior lawyers. Um, but um, um, But I think like we, uh, when creating personas, we definitely saw that yeah, there are different categories of lawyers that will want this uh, information. And um, well, last last but not least, you want to make a prize. It, it, a prize? Oh no, make an award. Oh, for the uh, oh, for the design. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, we did want to win an award with that, with award. that project, <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, of course, that was that was not what we had in mind when we were doing yeah, this. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> well, um, well, okay. We need to Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, no, but like, what is uh, what I was also excited about doing this project? That I think when people think of legal design, they usually think of visualization. That's only part of it. Yeah. But also, they think about like access to justice and making law more accessible exactly. to people that don't have a legal background. And that is major, that is really important, that's where we can really make a difference. Super interesting, I think it's only going to get more interesting for you as also the legal field develops, like at least my personal experience looking at the field of law and tech, so yeah, or developments around AI, new regulations that really nobody has any experience with yet or that Absolutely. remain very vague. It's going to get, get more complicated, more visualization yeah. may be necessary. Even already, if you look at like the starting point of defining specific term terminology, understanding what things even mean, especially in the field that we don't, as lawyers, oftentimes understand in the first place when it comes down to technology. Um, so yeah, I'm very yeah. nice to see what else. And I, yeah, if I can add, uh, I would also love to see more integration of legal tech and legal design. Oh, um, this is something I like to hear. Yeah, yeah because it's still also back there. Yeah, you saying this. Yeah, because because yeah. I am um, like parts of the developments in legal tech don't really influence what I do. At uh, at the same time, I would love to have more like 
like my the, the designs that I make are either static or are interactive PDFs. Um, and um, but I would love to. I, I just finished a project actually where we created automated visualized uh, contracts. That was my has been my goal for some time now. Wow. So you can just. I know there are a lot of document generation tools out there, but a lot of them are not very visual at all. Um, so they're kind of like automated traditional contracts. Yeah. Um, this is totally new approach. We have one pager uh, agreements yeah. that are automated. Um, but that's like because that's where legal tech and design came together. Mm -hmm. So I think we can really learn from each other, but we need to find each other more yeah. because I don't think we have, we, we even have a good idea, a great or like actual like knowledge of what the other one does yeah, in depth. Uh, and, and you know, creativity is also like usually putting two existing yeah. things together. Um, this is what we identify ourselves with the law tech in terms of the so-called that we repeated again in this episode, the gap of communication between, yeah. let's call it sectors yeah. or perspective. I, I, rather than sectors, I like to call it perspective because yeah. the object is the same one to provide a yeah. good service to the user. Then we may have a perspective from the design side or from the tech side, yeah. but we have a, same, a common goal. Yeah. So I think we need more translators or somehow communicate, I mean, people that can facilitate the communication yeah. so to destroy these kind of you know, walls or bridge gaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. It's exciting also for us to finally embark upon yes. the legal design journey, which we've wanted for a while. <laughs> um, so, and even better with you to just kick it all off. So, oh, thank you. Thank you very, very much for yeah. joining us. Thanks for joining well, us in this journey. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Law of Tech podcast. If you want to make sure you keep up to date with the show and never miss out on an episode, be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and follow the Law of Tech on social media. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a rating or review as it helps others discover the show. And don't forget to share it with your network. For now, have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode of the Law of Tech podcast. Yeah.